At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. And we get to hear from you. This week, I'm talking with Chris McLeod and Charlotte Rutledge from King Arthur Baking Company. Chris is the one who scours the baking landscape and helps the team figure out what the next recipe of the year should be. Birthday cake or chocolate chip cookies? Sourdough or no need? And Charlotte brings the recipes to life, along with the variations she knows bakers will want. And then tests the heck out of them. So if you're an avid listener of this podcast, first of all, you're the best. And secondly, you'll remember Charlotte from our December episode about the number one genius recipe of 2020, King Arthur's Crispy Cheesy Pan Pizza, which the internet had fallen for hard. So maybe because I'm sometimes unapologetically predictable, or maybe because I love a recipe that works above all else, or maybe because I just really wanted to eat a lot of cinnamon rolls. I had to make the recipe of the year for 2021 a genius recipe too. Perfectly pillowy cinnamon rolls. It's so smart, especially for right now. One of my own most vivid memories from childhood is of the time my family made cinnamon rolls from scratch. The happy smells, the glorious mess of it all, but we made them exactly once because they tasted amazing warm from the oven, but the joy was fleeting. They didn't keep well for longer than a day. Now, you'd be hard-pressed to find people who would turn down a soft, gooey, homemade cinnamon roll, and yet most of us aren't in a position to eat a whole tray of them before they go stale right now. So this recipe uses a simple method for what feels like eternally fresh baked goods called tangjang. You might have heard about this technique fluffing up Japanese milk bread or other super plush baked goods. I get into all of this more in the Genius video and article on Food52 this week, but for now I'll just say that it was widely popularized by Taiwanese cookbook author Yvonne Chen in her cookbook 65 Degrees C, and has origins in a similar Japanese technique called yudane or yukone. So this technique has become so popular because simply by pre-cooking a little bit of the recipe's flour in liquid, you're pre-gelatinizing the starches so that they can hold up to twice as much moisture as if you were just mixing them together at room temp, or even lukewarm, as in your average bread or cinnamon roll recipe. All of this means taller, fluffier, not at all dry baked goods. And that moisture hangs on long after baking, too. So you get perfectly pillowy cinnamon rolls, not just right now, but for days on end. So here's my behind-the-scenes chat with Chris and Charlotte on how the cinnamon roll gets made at King Arthur and some of the surprising feelings that have been unearthed from their very passionate audience. Plus, at the end of the episode, some of the ways that home bakers are already making this recipe their own. I think there's a level of nostalgia to cinnamon rolls in general. I think there's definitely an indulgent quality to them that, 
you love the idea of licking your fingers after you grab that first one, of having a little too much icing uh, over the top. And that, uh, that sense of indulgence, I think, ties back to when you were a kid and just were over the moon, like, wait, we could eat cinnamon rolls at home? That's amazing. <laughs> um, and so I don't think this is as consciously nostalgic as something like the classic birthday cake we did two years ago, which was one where, you know, the classic is right there in the name. We were trying to get a sense of something that would be like a box cake from when you were growing up. I think these, um, we were trying to bring up some elements of, elements of baking that would really improve not just these cinnamon rolls, but perhaps your baking in general. And that the, um, the, the education that could come from walking through a recipe like this, I think doesn't necessarily tap into nostalgia in quite the same way, but would lead you toward kind of an exciting future of cinnamon rolls and what else you could do with cinnamon rolls. Got it. So how was it that you decided that cinnamon rolls were the recipe of 2021? Yeah. So we started trying to figure out what we wanted to do for 2021 back in March of 2020. So we had just started to head into quarantine. We knew we had a very strange year ahead of us, uh, but we wanted to think through what would be something that would fit really well to a, an uncertain, probably homebound baker who was looking for a little bit of escape, a little bit of indulgence. And so, as always, we came with a huge list of other recipes uh, that we wanted to narrow down. Uh, Charlotte, call some others out if you want, but I know we're thinking about pies, flavored breads, Dutch babies, I think were on the list. And we needed to narrow that down to three specific things. So in May of 2020, we did have that list of three. And we went around to uh, co-workers, a mix of bakers, uh, people on the creative team, people on the sales team, and said, so here we go. This is what we're thinking about. We're thinking about biscuits. We're thinking about pancakes slash waffles. And we're thinking about cinnamon rolls. And it was really fun to, to talk with them about the pros and cons of each, figure out how much nostalgia did we want to infuse into a recipe like this. And I remember one, one colleague after going through the pros and cons of all, the th uh, all three of the recipes that we were suggesting said, but guys, come on, let's admit it. Yum always wins. It needs to be <laughs> cinnamon rolls. <laughs> that, yeah, that could be on a t-shirt. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Was this recipe one that had already been in your archives or did it get an update? <laughs> uh, there, were, there were a lot of trial and error moments. The ones we were starting from had uh, an ingredient called a nonfat dry milk in it. 
And that was something we wanted to try to steer away from just because we felt like if people are quarantining and they, you know, they only have so much in their pantries, non-fat dry milk may not be one of them. Um, and so we wanted to sort of eliminate that ingredient. Um, and then uh, sort of just honing in on the different components. We really wanted this to be um, a complete package, if you will, like cinnamon roll, including like dough, filling, and frosting. Um, and so really fine-tuning each one of those components uh, in the process. The process of trial and error really is it's a little cumbersome just because you can only change one thing at a time as you're testing. And so when you have three different components, um, sometimes you can get away with changing one thing within each component, but sometimes you want to like make sure that component A works with component B in a certain iteration and then component C is layered on top of that. You know, we at one point were deciding, well, does do the rolls really need to have milk in them? And turns out, yes, they do, because that was really a critical factor in making them as soft as they were. And then sort of fine-tuning the, the Tang Zong method, there were just all these sort of little bits and pieces that had to come together um, to make it what it was. And as far as like the filling was concerned, we're starting from sort of the idea of like a dry filling of just cinnamon and sugar and, and you know, having that go down on the dough. Um, but what we were finding was that that made it difficult for the dough to roll up. And so we sort of changed course and I had worked on a different cinnamon roll um, of, a few years back that um, that had this sort of kind of a hybrid of a of a wet spreadable filling and a dry filling and so it was it was a little bit like wet sand in texture and would stick to the dough better and you could also sort of like pat it down so that um, there was you know there was less shifting I guess of the filling as you were rolling the dough up. Um, and then in the frosting, we kind of went back and forth on cream cheese versus just a, you know, a, a little glaze. And there are people definitely in either camp of those. And um, I think ultimately we, we settled on the easier glaze method because we didn't want a frosting to overshadow sort of the total package. But then uh, we also added a tip on, on how to make your own cream cheese frosting for those who are really adamantly camp cream cheese. <laughs> I'm pretty adamantly yeah. camp cream cheese. So I that's one of the things that I really love about this recipe and about your recipes of the year in general that, you know, you have the sort of like, this is the template for exactly what you see here and exactly what you need to do to get there. But here are a few well-tested variations if you decide you want to switch up the icing or, or, or various yeah, other things. I really like that about recipe of the year too. I think one of the things I, as a recipe developer that I really appreciate is that like, we really try to hone in on this is the recipe. And, you know, if, if this, if we're going for one recipe of the year, this is what we want you to make. But then like offering suggestions on how you can change it up just to like jumpstart the creativity wheels for every person so that, you know, you can feel uh, comfortable saying, okay, well, I've made the recipe once, but now I actually, I want cardamom in my filling or I, I want cream cheese in my 
icing or I'd, I'd, I want a brown butter icing or, um, you know, sort of all things that we tested, but we were like, all right, no, this is not, this is not what this cinnamon roll is. Let's let people have that creativity in their own kitchens and, um, and let's give them sort of the ultimate. Yeah. To start. start the year with our favorite, but then by the end of the year, you figured out your favorite. And, uh, I, I'm glad you picked up on that, Kristen, because one thing we've often talked about with recipes of the year is that we want them to be blank canvas recipes, things that people can go in all different directions on. Like we, uh, it was frosting when it was classic birthday cake. How do you frost it in the way that you're most excited about? It was toppings for uh, cast iron a pan pizza that we were doing. And uh, I loved seeing people come up with not their savory, but their sweet versions of uh, that pizza. And I love that within, I think, a week or two of posting now these perfectly pillowy cinnamon rolls, someone said, hey, here's my savory version of the cinnamon roll. It's so good. And I'm really excited about some of the the other examples we'll be seeing from the community and from our own test kitchen throughout the year. I have to say, if you need a pick me up and, you know, whether you're or not you have time to, to bake cinnamon rolls or not for any of our listeners, if you need a pick me up, just go read the comments on this recipe uh, on King Arthur's site. And then um, once this is up on our site, I'm sure the comments will be pouring in too. But the, yeah, the, the variations that people have done, the, the garlic knots variations, I think someone made mm. a, made a bunt cake out of them too. And then, of course, the people who want to bake them squished together, which I think is going to be the next one I try. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that was such a contentious issue, that there are people who like them spread out and people who say that's some sort of sinister yeah. way of preparing them. I want them shoved together. <laughs> I know. That that fascinates me, too. Um, I think that was that was definitely something that factored, factored in into testing. And we talked about, OK, well, we want it to be smaller batch, but what does that mean in terms of like the pan and the dimensions and do we want it to be in a square pan so that you end up with semi-circular rolls but they're still kind of square or do you want that to be in a round pan so that you have one in the middle that's technically round but the other ones are kind of like this weird trapezoidal shape um and then I was like well let's just put them on a sheet pan and you know then they're guaranteed to be round and to me that that enables them to sort of rise and expand in the oven to their like ultimate pillowy-ness. And I think for, for other people that kind of detracts from the softness. So um, I totally, I totally understand that. And again, like we want this to be sort of that, that blank canvas that people can take with and make it their ultimate cinnamon roll. Well, it's so interesting too, that because of the technique you use in this recipe, the, the Tangjong technique of making them extra soft and extra pillowy, you can spread them apart and they will still be super soft and pillowy where other cinnamon rolls might get dry or, or crunchy if they didn't have each other to kind of snuggle up against. So that it's interesting that that was sort of an improvement in this recipe, but then for some people, it's not an improvement <laughs> to take them apart like that. Have you tried it yet? I haven't yet. I I think when we when we bake them live later in February, I think that's what I'm going to try because I've only done them spread apart so far. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you keep track of how many times you've tested something, Charlotte? You know, I should because the number of times I've been asked that question. Uh, but no, I mean, I can I can certainly guess at having made these at least a couple dozen times. Um and probably, you know, upwards of, of three or maybe even four dozen times. 
And Charlotte, since it was peak quarantine, how much of that was at home and how much was in the test kitchen? Let's see. I think I did a lot of the like side by side comparison tests in the mm-hmm. test kitchen because I was I was just thinking I don't want um, all of these cinnamon rolls at home. Mm-hmm. And then I also introduced in my neighborhood um, a sort of cooler of grab and go baked goods uh, <laughs> by the entrance to sort of our, our cul-de-sac neighborhood and, um, just threw everything in the cooler at the start of a day or the start of a week and said, here, have at it. I don't want these in my house anymore. <laughs> um, and people, people in the neighborhood, uh, still stop me in the streets and they say, oh my gosh, those cinnamon rolls were so good. Wow. So it's sort of <laughs> like those, you know, farm stands where you, yeah. where you drive by and like pick up a jar of jam and leave a few bucks. Yeah. But exactly. yours is free. Totally free. <laughs> Most popular neighbor. <laughs> so I made these with my daughter, um, both when I tested them and then when I made them in the video. Um, she was there for the the part where you're patting it out, sprinkling, and then rolling, and then the, the floss trick where you cut each slice with the dental floss because all of those are... I feel like are great entertainment for a child for, I mean, at least for, for my toddler. And I assume for lots of ages of children, um, they just seem very magical and they seem like things that they can definitely help with. And she, um, I had her do the sprinkling because she, that's like one of the verbs she knows when it comes to cooking, like sprinkling things over her oatmeal. And that's something that she can do. I mean, she probably only did about a two inch square in one corner and then, and then I handled the rest. But, um, that also brings me to, the troubleshooting section, because when I've made these, I've made these with my daughter and like, they've always come out delicious, but I can't help but think that I have gone slightly off course because, um, I think both times I may have overproofed. And, and so I wanted to ask some questions of you guys for our listeners, just be, you know, because a lot of people might be making these for the first time, their first time with a yeasted enriched dough. What are some of the common mistakes that you see new bakers make with yeasted doughs? Uh, That is a great question. I think probably as, as you've alluded to sort of the resting proofing fermentation timing. um, I think as much as possible, we try to rely on visual cues in our recipes as opposed to, you know, you have to wait this many minutes before it's ready because your home situation is going to be so different than anybody else's home situation. And I think the the biggest variable there is the temperature of your home or of your kitchen. Um, and, you know, that can, that can drastically change how long or how quickly something something rises and proofs. What we've noticed with this recipe in particular is that there, there's a good amount of wiggle room um, in that, you know, even if you overproof, you're not going to get a bad cinnamon roll. Okay. That's so comforting. I think we've also seen some people try to over uh, tighten them as they roll, which can cause it both to pop up a little and some of the filling to come out as you're doing it. Um, I, I know some people like to have the, you know, millimeter tight rings as they're doing it. And unfortunately, this isn't really that recipe. I think kind mm-hmm. of a looser roll is totally fine and will hold in the filling a bit better. Mm-hmm. And especially once you tuck that little tail under too. I love that step to, to keep it from sort of unfurling as it yeah. bakes. Another controversial step. A lot, oh, really? of people, a lot of people want to pinch that tail to the, to the outside of the cinnamon roll. Um, 
And so, and, and you can certainly do that. There's nothing telling you that you can't, but we found that sort of tucking the tail under um, was a better way to ensure that the roll wouldn't unravel as it was baking. So have there ever been any underdog recipes that you really wanted to make recipe of the year, but just couldn't make work? I, uh, I have always been excited by scones. They've always been kind of this, I, I worked in England, um, in a, in a restaurant for a while and we made scones for, for high tea and, uh, they've always been kind of this elusive texture to me just because I think everybody like, like biscuits maybe, maybe has a different notion of what a scone could be, but we've never sort of elevated that to recipe of the year one, because I think they're probably not iconic enough in this country. Um, and two, I think there is that element of, okay, what, what is the ultimate scone and, um, and how, how would we go about determining that? We, we don't <laughs> necessarily have one on our website that stands out above the other. I mean, the category in general is pretty popular, but um, it's, it's, I think, a hard thing to nail. And so I will forever at home be on a quest to find my ultimate scone, but, <laughs> and hopefully share it with King Arthur when I do, but um, I don't know that it would ever be a recipe of the year. Yeah, it's, it's tough when it's one recipe for the year. You really have to commit. <laughs> yes. You, you really can't get sick of cinnamon rolls. What do you think? Recipe of the year 2022. Same cinnamon rolls. Still good. <laughs> we got another year, right? <laughs> Yum always wins. <laughs> yeah. Yum always wins. <laughs> And now, here are some of the riffs that homemakers have already been spinning into this recipe. Hello, my name is Kat and I'm from New Zealand. And my take on the recipe was inspired by the fresh passion fruit being sold at my local farmer's market towards the end of summer. So I decided to make a tangy passion fruit curd and use the curd as a filling for my rolls and then make a silky and rich white chocolate glaze for the topping. This is Alik, and I'm the genius video producer. When Kristen sent me this recipe, I knew I had to make these rolls right away. They were so good that I ended up making a second batch within 24 hours. But it was pretty late at night and I had run out of instant yeast, so I used active dry yeast instead. They ended up even fluffier and pillowier, and I added a hint of cream cheese to the frosting for tang. These cinnamon rolls are the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had. Hi, my name is Richard Delos Reyes. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey, and I am of Filipino descent. So actually, that's where my take on the King Arthur cinnamon roll recipe comes from. I use ube jam as a filling instead of the cinnamon that the recipe calls for. It's really a nod to the times when I used to visit my grandmother in the Philippines because she'd make us big, big batches of ube jam for us to bring home. Sometimes I'll also take inspiration from another Filipino delicacy called ensaimada, and I'll top the rolls with margarine, granulated sugar, and shredded cheese. I wanted to mention one more thing. Did you know that the King Arthur Baking Company's all-purpose baking companion, which won the James Beard Award for Cookbook of the Year back in 2004, is getting its first update in almost two decades. There are more than 450 recipes in there, and it still has the classics from the original edition, but with new recipes and intel gathered over the last couple decades of testing, tweaking, and feedback from their dedicated community of home bakers. It's coming out in March, and I can't bake from it soon enough. 
Thanks for listening. Our show is put together by Coral Lee, Emily Hanhan, and me, Kristen McGlory. And if you have a genius recipe tip, I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com. And if you like the genius recipe tapes, do take a sec to rate and review and subscribe if you haven't yet. It really does help. Talk to you next time.